but wouldn't it be nice to have it happen naturally anyway? You know, just and use that, those workouts when you need it, maybe twice a week instead of five days a week. And now. <laughs> Coming to you from the K2 studios in San Diego, California. This sounds great. You sound amazing. I always sound amazing. It's the world famous. Everybody should not like BFS. Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you doing today? Thank you so much for listening, and I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 159 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do, do, do. Oh, fantastic. Here we are on a Monday. How are you doing today, baby? Well, that is a loaded question. I am not doing great at this exact no. moment. It's been a difficult day, to say the least, and... It's one of those days where like every single little thing that could possibly go wrong could go wrong. But most recently, right before this podcast episode, I realized that for some reason there was some issue with my email server and not a single one of my emails has been going out to any of my clients for the past three days is what I was able to track down. And I was getting no warning. So I have frustrated clients thinking that I'm not returning their emails and then I would send emails and it was coming back as undeliverable and I had to troubleshoot. And then I was like, Chris is going to get mad at me because we're supposed to be podcasting right now. But I literally like, I can't do anything with my business right now because there's these things that I'm supposed to be doing. New clients that had reached out to me that never heard back from me. So then they think I'm ghosting them. And it was just very, very overwhelming. And it was already that on top of a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Oh, uh, someone sounds like they got a case of the Mondays. Um, thanks for making light of my very difficult situation. No, seriously, situation. that is awful. That's so horrible. So I'm not a tech guy. I don't understand how the computer really works that much. I know there's a monkey in there spinning wheels or something. But when you send an email out, are you sending it from your business email, website's email, or is it like a Gmail or something? I don't know what you're asking me right now. I have a hosted email. That's what I meant. One of those Through things. my domain that I pay for that goes through Outlook. I have an Outlook email in, inbox. And when I've been sending my emails for the last couple of days, I'll send an email and then all of a sudden it'll come back as undeliverable. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? And so then, I had to troubleshoot. I had to go into my um, domain host and I had to look at my account. And like, first thing that I looked at is, oh, crud, did something happen? And my renewal didn't sync. And so maybe they shut down my email service because maybe for some reason it was my old ATM card or something like that. And so, oh, crud, maybe I need to fix that. So I logged in and, and looked at that. That wasn't the issue. And then I was like researching why is my Outlook email not sending? Because, you know, when all else fails, Google the answer. Yeah, Google everything, right? Yeah. And so there was like these other people that had had the same issues. And it was like, maybe your inbox is locked because they suspect that you're spamming people. So I had to like no way. investigate that. But that wasn't the case. Then I had to like, look and see. I mean, it was all these technical things. And I literally had to send an email five different times before it finally went through. 
I had to get out of my email completely. And then when I went to log back in, it said that it needed to um, have me revalidate my identity, which was weird. So it makes me wonder, like, was somebody trying to hack my account and what the heck is going on? And it's just like super frustrating when you're just trying to get everything up and going. And it was like I was looking forward to doing all this stuff at the end of my day, like getting all my business stuff done because my regular job was just like a headache. And I don't know, it's like the best thing I can relate it to is when you've had a really rough week at work yeah. and you're looking forward beyond anything to podcasting Oh yeah, and then everything gets in the way and mm. the kids are acting up and they're making noises and then all of your devices aren't working. Oh, I've been and, there, yeah. Yeah. And the roadcaster is not syncing up properly and then oh, you have yeah. an echo or a delay or something's not recording. And you dropped $700 in this toy, you're pissed off. Basically, all of that. And then you're like feeling rushed because you have to go and do something else that you're just not really feeling like doing at that exact moment. And then that's my life. Oh, so first off, I'm very sorry this all happened to you tonight or today. Was it all all day long? Just the last couple hours, all the email stuff happened. It's been a rough day. You know, there's been some heavy stuff happening at my day job that I can't go into. And it's been a lot of drama and a lot of politics and a lot of emotions. And then that plus, you know, I'm just, I'm emotional right now. I don't want to go into it. I'm so sorry you had to go through all that today. That is crazy. You know, especially on a Monday. Now Mondays are always rough. Just going to work as it is because it's just Monday. It's just Monday's never been everyone's favorite really. But to go into work and have to deal with all of that, Plus, come home and realize technical problems. I hate tech but problems. But it wasn't even you know? just that. It was like the minute that I came home, I was still running. Like, I haven't even had a break tonight. So it's like I went, I got home. Um, traffic was bad. I got home. I had 15 minutes to switch gears before I had to be online for a client meeting, which I love. And then that went long. And then you were sending the kids out one after another to tell me dinner's ready. And I yeah. kept saying... I'm on a call. Tell your dad I'll be in there soon. And then they finally, one of them comes out and is like, dad says he's going to eat without you. <laughs> and I was like, well, thanks. Yeah, go ahead and eat without me. That's fine. I didn't want to. I said I was holding out okay, for you. I, 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 I was is, holding for you. My point is you were putting undue amount of stress on me and unnecessary amount of stress. And then, uh, Well, I'm sorry. I'm I didn't finishing. mean to. Okay. I'm I'm okay. Okay. I'm finishing. And then I finally come inside and I eat. And then you have to run back into your office to have your meeting because I was running late. So we didn't even really get to sit and have dinner together. And then you had your appointment. And then while you were in your appointment, I was trying to work on my business stuff, which all went to hell in a hand basket. And then you get done and you're like, like eager beaver ready to podcast. And I'm like, like negative Nelly sassfrass over here because I don't want to do anything because my stuff hasn't been working out. And now here we are and it's 10.30 p.m. on Monday night and that was my day. Amen, sister. No, there is no amen to it. So, wah, wah, wah. Uh, well, listen, I'm very sorry. You've had a rough day. Hopefully tomorrow will go better. You know, good news is I'm off work tomorrow and I get to join you tomorrow hang out all day. Yes, because we have something that is... um. I guess we haven't really talked about it here on the show. It's a big life change that's happening for me specifically. Um, 
And I, maybe, maybe that's why I'm emotional. Maybe. I think it is. But don't worry. I'm going to be here tomorrow for you. I took the day off of work. I asked my boss if I please take the day off of work to be by your side. Because you what is happening tomorrow, Chris? Christine is going to see a, not a regular doctor, but a doctor that specializes in audio, like a podcast. Not like a podcast at all. It's nothing like a podcast. I am going tomorrow because I have, uh, ooh, I can't even say it. So I have a hearing impairment. It's something that has happened since my last round of COVID. And I am going to get fitted for my hearing aids. And so look at that. I am getting um, hearing aids for both ears because it's become a struggle. And I think I'm wrestling with that because it's like, I don't know, it's a big life change. It is. You know, I, I was kind of talking about it tonight about that stuff, how I remember the first time I got glasses and I really put it off, put it off, even though I knew I probably should have gotten glasses a long time ago. But I was just like, I couldn't grapple with the fact that I probably need glasses. And I think that's, that's my first I don't know. I think that glasses are different from hearing aids. I mean, I, it, it I is, think it glasses is. are like so widespread and widely accepted. Oh, it is. And to be like 41 and to realize that, you know, the stupid freaking COVID, I hate it. But I think we all hate it, you know, and... um. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really sorry that you have to go through this. That's why I'm taking the day off tomorrow to be there, be there with you. But I won't say with with the glasses, like I was putting off glasses forever, and I to me, glasses were the same as getting a, a implant, implanted leg or something that you're, you know, like what, a, like a like a leg um, amputation kind of thing. That is very insensitive. That but, is but, not but the me, equivalent. But to me, it was. I'm saying to me, it felt like it was. So I put it off forever and ever. In fact, when I had to go to DMV, how old were you when you got glasses? Oh, God, I don't know. It was like 10, 10 years ago. That's it? Yes. You only got them a few years before you met me? Yes. I, that's why that, you tried to like <laughs> wear them to your dates, be like Rico Suave. But that's different. Like Because I put them off for, I should have got them 10 years before that. So right. I'm saying. I, okay. should, I should have. But, but here's the difference is like glasses are socially acceptable. Um, When somebody sees somebody of my age walking around with hearing aids, it's like, people start to wonder like what happened. And I think what's hard is Mondays are my days in the office and oh, yeah. I have to be, no, you're not, you're not understanding what I'm saying. You don't know what I'm going to say right now. So you just got to listen. Uh, Mondays are my days in the office. And that means that I'm in back-to-back meetings all day long. And it means I'm in spaces where I'm having to listen very carefully Um because there's a lot of background noise. And so today, specifically, I was presenting and I was in a couple of rooms and people like it was specifically men because that's the um, voice register that's most challenging for me. And I was presenting in a room and they had because we work in education, they still have to keep the um, extra ventilation systems available that like the air purification because of the covid stuff we have these huge devices in the rooms that help with like um recirculating the air not recirculating the air cleaning the air like they're like air filters of some sort yeah but they're huge they're like gigantic like are they the no- size, are they noisy yeah they're they're like a a fan like a pretty loud fan on the side of the room that's like blowing fresh air and recirculating to clean the air. So there's that happening. And I was standing kind of on that side of the room. And then there is 
like people that are trying to talk to me and interact with me while I was presenting. And it's, I don't know, it's, I'm just having to learn how to, how to navigate with this because I had to say, like, I asked the gentleman, it's the same thing that I do with you is like, Hey, could you slow your speech down and talk a little bit louder for me? I'm having a hard time hearing you. And then he repeats himself equally as fast and just a slight bit louder. Okay. And then I finally had to say, because I literally couldn't hear him. I had to say in front of the room, I'm hearing impaired and I can't hear you. Can you please slow yourself down and speak in a louder volume? And it's just, I don't want to say it's humiliating because it is my reality. It's just, you know, learning to live in this way has just been quite an adjustment for me. And I guess I didn't expect to get all emotional and be like down. But I think that that's just kind of, you know, we talk about this, this podcast representing our life and our ups and our downs. And this is just a time that's a little bit, well, a lot of bit more challenging for me professionally and personally. Well, after tomorrow, maybe everything will be up and ready to rock and roll. You'd be like, everything's so loud. Turn it down, everybody. No, um, I just have to go tomorrow. We just have to go to learn the settings and then they have to order it for me. And I think that I have to go back a couple more times to get fitted. It's not like I'm walking out tomorrow with anything. Oh, you're not got like earbuds tomorrow, like uh, AirPods tomorrow? What are you talking about? They're not AirPods. Come on now, Chris. Do you, can you get, uh, can you like link up, link up your phone, like get, uh, music and stuff? Um, I don't know. See, you're making a joke out of it. I was asking. Like, I wouldn't know. Like, how would I know this stuff? I mean. I know, but you're making a joke out of it. Not that's not joke. very fun. I'm not making a joke, but I'm just saying like, I don't know how these things work. I know it's very sensitive. I don't either. I'm trying to bring light to it so that. Yeah, but don't so bring we, light to it. When you, when you go in, you're not so nervous, you know? Well, you're not helping right now. So why don't we switch gears and talk about your week? <laughs> Okay. Well, I actually got uh, stood up. Uh, what would you call it? Stood up or stood up or uh, ghosted? Ghosted. That's right. I got ghosted for a client that meeting I had, which is weird though. He booked with me, did everything through Zoom, did everything through the calendar. It was all set up on the schedule. So I got to meet him on Zoom and then uh, nothing. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I thought maybe I did Zoom wrong because I'm not a big Zoom Zoomer. As we call them Zoomies. I don't do the Zoomies that much. So I was like, well, maybe I sent the email wrong. Maybe the calendar linked it up incorrectly or maybe I pushed the wrong button on Zoom. I don't know. No, but what the reality was is you just didn't want to admit that this guy was probably a bot, which we how, thought from the beginning. How could, how could a bot book a meeting through my calendar? <laughs> I don't know how they could do it. And fill out a form. How could a bot fill out a form and book a, book a schedule? I don't know. I don't know, but he... It's possible. Anything's possible. Even if he wasn't a bot, he wasn't... He was wasting your time is what it was. And that's irritating. I know. I mean, considering that I thought about this meeting all week, all day, and I was like, great. And then I'm my second client. Here we come. Let's do this. And then nothing. I even called the number he gave me. Nothing. Texted the number. Nothing. Well, there's always the next person. So I'm not going to worry about him right now. Go on to the next. But, but that must have been really disappointing for you. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. It was very disappointing. Thank you for um, saying that. Yeah, yes. you're right. That's what empathy is right there. Did you notice that? Yeah. Instead I, of the, yeah, you know, I can imagine getting hearing aids is just like when I got glasses for the first time. That's not empathy, dear. Uh, well, I'm going to go back to... I'm really sorry that you went through that. And I know that you were very disappointed because you'd put a lot of energy and effort into it. And I tried to remind you that like, it's okay. This isn't rejection. 
you're going to find another client. Yeah. I understand yeah. you're disappointed. That's empathy. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Going off of that, I still have my big client. We have a meeting on Friday, which is all good. Set up and ready to go. In fact, they added a third person to their chit chat to take care of that. Usually they do about three people on the show. So that seems like a good, I think three seems like a good vibe for them because they have, I mean, two is fun, but I think three kind of. Three is better for banter for them. Four might be a little bit too much where people start talking over each other, but I have a very important question for you. Oh, please do. Go ahead. Um, are you at the point now with your business that I can retire? Yes. I thought you already did, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm going to retire too. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not even close, but uh, that's the dream. You know, that's the goal in life to maybe retire, you know, and hey, speaking of retiring and speaking of uh, living off, uh, I, I don't know how to transition to this, but uh, hopefully your kids become pro players, baseball players, and maybe you don't have to worry about working so much. So what I did too is take a little Mason jar. Mason. Oh, what is that? <laughs> that was the. Like that was the like most ungraceful segue I've, I've ever heard. Hopefully your kids get rich off of baseball. Speaking of baseball. <laughs> Mason had his first practice today for his little league. And um, he was so excited today. He came home, got everything dressed up. Him and Jacob were in the backyard practicing, hitting balls. And I mean, I was telling Mason because he's practicing hitting and doing his hitting and stuff. I said, Mason, you're probably not going to do any hitting the first day. Maybe even the, you know, the first half of the day, probably towards the end. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. They mm -hmm. did all fielding stuff, you know, grounding, mm -hmm. pop flies, um, you know, the basics of like making sure you know how to like. Well, they did do some do some running techniques where they had them like uh, like lead off of first base to steal first mm -hmm. base and then run back to the bag and run, you know, like that kind of stuff. But he was so excited. He got already went over there. I didn't know what field it was. There's like four fields at this baseball league, like four different things going on. Like, I had no idea who the coach is or what anything is. So mm -hmm. I'm like asking around. I finally found, found the uh, team and everything. And some of the kids on there were really, really good. Like they were like, I'm going to say pro legal league good, but they were like, they would throw the ball really fast, catch the ball up very easily, almost like a professional player would like, you would think, wow. Cause usually when I went to little league growing up, I remember like, most of the kids would like miss the catches and they like go right by their mitt. But you've got to remember that he is like fifth grade now, which is not just little league. It's yeah, like it's getting not... more to like Cal Ripken, like the higher levels of, you know, little league world series kind of age where right, the yeah. kids are like almost to middle school. So a lot of the kids that are playing baseball have probably been involved in it for like a solid four years. Yeah, so it looked like it was. And the fact that... Except for Mason, whose dad is a slacker and doesn't get him involved in sports. <laughs> he did play when he was like, you know, four years old exactly. or whatever. But four years it old. It was so funny. I remember when he was four years old, it was so cute. His favorite stance out in the outfield was to take his mitt and put it in front of his face. <laughs> like this. <laughs> I'm like, Mason, what kind of... Like kind of what? you got to describe it for everybody out there because they can't see you. Okay, so he take his glove and put it directly over his face. Like, cover his face with his glove. Like, right, like almost his head was the ball he was catching. <laughs> I'm like, Mason, what kind of move is that? That's not protecting anything. He's like, I don't know what's this thing he did. He was so cute back when he was so little playing. He's so smiley and happy just to be there and like hit the ball and kind of run the wrong direction and just kind of get all excited running, waddling down the baseline. Now he's getting a little more into it. He's actually pretty good considering he hasn't done anything in like forever. 
But he's also like, I noticed today he was like one of the tallest kids on the team. Is like, he really? Yeah, there's another kid that's almost as tall as him, but at the same height, but he's like a tallest kid on the team. And we all thought that he was like one of the shorter ones in his age group. Yeah, I just I just noticed that today. I'm like watching him against the other kids playing. He's like, oh, he's pretty, he's like tall and lanky. And um, so we did a pretty good job playing and figuring out the different moves and figuring stuff out. But he's all excited because one of his friends from school is on his team with him. And the first thing he does is pat on the back. And, hey, buddy. Gives the old, hey, buddy, you know, point the finger at each mm-hmm. other kind of thing, you know. And at the end of the game or the end of the practice, he wanted to like say, hey, you know, bye, so-and-so. I forget the kid's name. But yeah. he was bye, so-and-so and, and all that great stuff. So he's super excited. But the dad, the coach did say that at, at the team meeting they had before they got into the practice stuff. He says, you guys are in a bigger league now. This is um, where everybody pitches. to. There's no coach pitching. There's no Ooh. T-ball. It's actual, legit, like, baseball. Like, all the baseball rules apply. The pitchers pitch the, on the team. and kids. That's why the kids are better is because this is that age group. So, some of them are like, I'm going to be the pitcher. Right. Yeah. I don't think they really did any practicing with that. I didn't see anything. It was all – everybody kind of did the same job where they all kind of ran around different sections. Well, because – this was their very first practice and they're going to be practicing twice a week and getting themselves ready for the season. And I think they have almost, if not over a full month of practice before they have their first game. Yeah. I think he said, I thought he coach said 10 practices before the game. And he actually emphasized practice is more important than the game. Right. He said the practice where you get the one-on-one, they get development in all that stuff happens on practice on the game. He said, the games are kind of like, they just sit and wait and then get cheer each other on. There's not a lot of like, you know, actual like practicing type stuff going on when it comes to the, in the or development. He said really mm-hmm. going on in, in the game. That's why the practice practice are more important to do the practice. and is the game itself is what he said. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of exciting. You know, I, I'm rooting for him. I'm he's excited to be there. Cause I remember when I was in little league, there were some seasons where I just didn't want to be there. You know, I was just like, right. My mom's dragging me, making me do this. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll do this or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, you know, or I go on some teams where they're obviously way, way better than I am. So I feel like the, loser on the team like i didn't want to be there and that kind of stuff it's always hard being in a sport or a little league of some kind if you're no good you know but your mom makes you do it and you're like but i'm no good mom but i think that if you say that you're no good that's like a fixed mindset and being like in a sport means that you need to have a growth mindset that you can improve and that you can enhance your skills. It's not like you're good or you're not. It's you're growing or you're not. And yeah, I, I feel like, you know, for Mason, he's really been excited about learning different skills and things like that. And he's been preparing. He's been like laying his stuff out and, you know, practicing in the backyard and getting really hyped up about it. And it's the first time since we've been together that I've seen him get so jazzed up about something like that. I think the last closest time that they did something like that where they got excited about was when they were in their little karate class. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That was a long time ago. It was it was over three years ago because I remember, it was right before COVID. Yeah. And COVID shut it down. Obviously, COVID shut everything down, especially anything that's like close contact inside a Close, I know, close and we had like just that. invested in paying for their sparring gear. I never got that money I back. Know. I never even got the sparring gear. I know. We never even got in contact with them. But the he was only kind of into the karate at that time. I think that Jacob was more into it at that time. But um, 
you know, seeing Mason now, he's really jazzed up about it. And I think it's going to be really fun going into actual baseball season because, you know, they'll he'll get to watch the game. And I was wondering, now that he's in Little League, um, the Padres do the Little League nights at the baseball game. And I was thinking, maybe we'll get lucky and Mason will get to do the little parade on the um the field on the field uh, that probably would be so I, cool. I, I think they all do that i would think he would yeah. love that oh gosh he'd be waving and smiling and, and, and doing his thing and walking around and cheering and clapping and doing all that stuff yeah he was uh having a good time the practice did go a little longer than i thought it would but uh they ran the practice from 4 p.m until dark and when the sun was wow. went down i was getting i was getting cold out there Luckily, I brought my sweater with me because it's getting cold. It was warm at first, but then it was in the shade. You don't get super mm-hmm. cold in the shade. You're sitting on those metal benches, which are not that warm, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> so, um, but I felt kind of like I was there and I heard the other moms were there and other people that already knew each other on the team, knew they're part of the club. Were you hitting on any of the moms? No, I was not really. I was kind of being a loner myself, kind of kicking back. That, that's the right answer. You should have said, honey, I only have eyes for you. Honey, you weren't there. So I couldn't have hit on you Mm because you weren't there. So I was hit on nobody. But, you know, um, but I was mostly focused on Mason, making sure he was doing a great job. That's good. I'm so glad. And I'm glad that he has at least one practice a week that you get to take him to and one practice a week that his mom gets to take him to because then he gets to have both of you involved the entire season. And I think that that's really good for him so that it's not like all, first of all, it's good for us that it's not all landing on one parent or the other, but also it helps you both to feel involved and connected. And I think that that's really important as, you know, we're raising our kids that they, that you guys get the time separately to be able to spend time and invest in things like that. And I think he loves it. That is fantastic. Well, speaking of getting in your best shape possible for baseball, uh, Mason doesn't have one, but many people do. And that is a certified personal trainer. And we have one who is going to be talking to us about her life as a trainer and some other incredible talents and giftings that she has. And we're going to be back with her right after this. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podcasting Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podtasticaudio.com slash easy. And welcome back, everybody. Today, we have another fantastic VIP guest. She is a talented healer, a personal trainer, a spiritual and medical intuitive. Welcome to the show, Nicole Fevrier Davis. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's so much fun to hear your voices. Hey, Nicole. How are you doing? Where, where in the world are you physically joining us today? I actually am in Connecticut, and I understand you're in California, so this, we are. this is fun. We're in San Diego, <laughs> so opposite side of the country. Is it pretty cold where you are right now? No, not as bad as it should be. Honestly, it's a lot warmer winter than we've had in the past, so it's not that bad. Well, that's really nice. We've had a definitely a very wet winter. Us too. Us too. Yeah, it's been very wet. 
Awesome. Well, we're really excited to have you on the show today and to learn a little bit about you. Chris and I have been researching you and reading up on your bio and you know, we're really fascinated to learn more about your background. But before we get into that, why don't you just tell us a little about you as a person? Okay. Well, I am in the field I am. I have been in that field for 30 years in fitness, weight loss, healing, and giving medical intuitive readings for the purpose of health and fitness. But I actually started out in fashion, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> It, well, I think, um, I think they go I, hand in hand, don't they, Nicole? Like weight loss and fashion, right? Because you got to lose weight to get in the fashion. Well, it, yes, exactly. That's that's a very good point. But I kind of took it from the perspective that I had started from the scientific onion, like peeling from the outside in. You know, we went from fashion to, you know, human physiology, biology, and then metabolics and neurochemistry. I kind of peeled it down <laughs> over the years, over 30 years. But no, I started out as an illustration major at FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology in Manhattan. But prior to that, my senior year in high school, I had had a, a, an apprenticeship at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in their Costume Institute, which won me a spot in television fashion styling for anchor ladies and, and then on to film. But I always, always, always taught something in fitness, but that I, it was just something I shared with a client today that she said, how did you spend your weekend? And I said, drawing nude. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was the passion. My dad was also an artist. And, you know, so we grew up with a lot of nudes around the house and just kind of evaluating color and line and, you know, how to bring about chiaroscuro and a nice, nice depth in a drawing. So there, I have all that history prior to actually getting into the health and fitness industry. But I think it helped. That's amazing. <laughs> so going back to your experience at the Metropolitan Museum, now, is that the stage for the famous Met Gala? Oh, absolutely. In fact, when I was there, it was the one that Yves Saint Laurent was being honored. And uh, it was just like a huge, spectacular event. And I, I, thoroughly, I, I thoroughly wanted to go, but I wasn't invited. Only, only the upper echelon were <laughs> invited to the actual gala event. But ironically, I ended up um, many, many, many years later, I guess it was like 2015 or 2016, I was working at Lifetime Athletic in Westchester as a trainer, a personal trainer and metabolic technician. And I ended up training the Metropolitan Museum of Arts event coordinator. And she was in charge of the gala, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't train her during the time of the gala, but she did invite me to a few other events. So it's kind of kind of cool that it came full circle. That's amazing. And so from there, you made the transition. You know, there's probably a million different steps in between but into your current role where you are working with a number of different fronts. It sounds like health and fitness, weight loss. But the thing that I'm really curious about and Chris and I were chatting about is this concept of being an intuitive. Like I've never heard that phrase before. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, you know, as a child, I kind of like had a bunch of imaginary friends and my parents were just like, oh, you know, she's just really creative. <laughs> And as I got older, it became apparent that I knew things about my friends that they had no clue how I knew these things. And I kind of shut down because it was a bad message. It was like, you know, obviously 
put them on edge and kind of nervous and everything. But I'd always been, in other words, I'd always had this, I guess, intuitive ability. And when I decided to get in certified as an instructor in group fitness in like, I want to say like 1987, like how long ago it was. That was the beginning of my fitness career. You could teach it part-time and still work in television. Everything, everything was fine. But I never told anyone about the two. So I, over the years, grew and developed my own courses about how to read your own body, about how to connect with your own intuition. At the same time, building my repertoire and my resume for fitness and weight loss. But they never crossed over until the last five or six years when I realized that all the healings that I'd been given. Oh, also, I became a Reiki, ma- a Reiki practitioner in 1990 and a master of Reiki in 2007. So I had all this history, this plethora of history of how to heal mind, body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And then I had this separate history of the science, like I said, peeling the scientific onion of weight loss and metabolism and physiological dysfunction, as well as you know, in, in muscular imbalances, or the whole thing. So just in the past like five or six years, I started to actually give my clients these intuitive readings. And what I've always known, even in the healings that I gave as a Reiki practitioner, that I was always able to read people's internal organs. Right after I got attuned, I was like, wow, are those kidneys? You know, (laughs) checking out people's uterus and like, oh, that's like- Wait, uh, how 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 does that work? You actually look at them like with like- I know the sewer man has like x-ray vision. He like look inside and see what's wrong with you. Is it like that? Yeah, similar to that. And, and in fact, x-ray is a good way of putting it because that's exactly how I see it. When I see a lot of activity in the body, meaning a lot of life force, a lot of circulation, the blood is pumping through the body, it, it'll actually go a little darker than the areas that are inactive or like bones look lighter to me. So it, it is exactly like an x-ray kind of feeling to it. But you have to remember, I had already, by the time, you know, I became a Reiki practitioner, I had been studying human anatomy with my dad, you know, like, or not with him, but like trying to draw human anatomy and draw hands and faces for years prior to that point. So as I got closer and closer to healing and working on a healing level, it became kind of like a natural progression from drawing anatomy, anatomy to seeing it in the body. And I think that was the first step. Just recognizing the body parts was the first step. I didn't know at the time what it meant when I saw green or yellow or I saw like vibration moving out of the body. I didn't know what all that meant in my 20s. I just knew that this was something that none of my friends did. And I'd rather just keep it quiet until I figured it all out. So what's the craziest thing you would see then? Like, you know. Well, you know, in that, genre, when we're talking like that, you know, you get to see things like saints that are actually helping people. Like I, I didn't actually see this one saint first. I heard their name, St. Francis. And then I said, St. Francis. And then I saw kind of a cloaked figure in the corner. And I asked the woman, I said, do you have anything to do with animals? I think St. Francis is here. And she said, oh yeah, I, I walk dogs for a living. I do dog portraits. I'm like, well, St. Francis loves you, you know, he's (laughs) a saint of of animals. And and so things like that will happen. I've also had like other really interesting things happen, like golden grids pop up where someone needs healing from the angels. 
And I know when the golden grid pops up that that's what is going to happen. It's going to automatically begin to readjust their brain waves and facilitate healing on that level. And then we can go deeper after that. But none of this, you know, this took 30 years to figure out the language of the energy of the body and how, you know, these supreme beings who love us so much, our Father in heaven and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all the angels love us so much that they want their presence to be known and felt. And I had said the same prayer for like 30 years saying, you know, dear God, please make me a clear, perfect, and now impervious channel. And, and protected channel for all your wisdom, all your grace, all your glory, all that this person needs to be healthy and fit and well. And turns out like those, those, w- those wishes and prayers that actually come true. <laughs> I'm blown away at some of the things I see now. Yeah. So this is really intriguing to me, Nicole, because when we've chatted with individuals that feel that they are gifted or state that they're gifted in the area of healing, Many of them are agnostic or atheist, but it sounds to me that you have a real spiritual connection to the work that you do. Can you talk a little bit about how that's interrelated? Because I think that for our listeners, it can it can be like a mind shift when they're listening to you. At first, it can sound like, especially if they're really strong in like Christian or Catholic faith, like, oh goodness, like this sounds like somebody's you know, blaspheming or something like that. But it's, I mean, especially when you were just talking the last few minutes, it sounds like you're very spiritually, spiritually connected. Absolutely. And I, I'll say this, you know, I do channel and get information from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ and our Father in heaven. It's frequent, it's daily, but this is how I've always been. I've always asked our Father in heaven, is this appropriate for this? Is this appropriate for this? How can I best serve this person? What service should I provide this person? This, this never, there was never a healing that I'd given over 30 years that I wouldn't say these prayers. I'd begin with a prayer and very often if I felt the person needed additional support, I'd end their session with a prayer. Let's pray together. I'm very, very faithful and I understand. I, I've even been, that's why it, you know, this transformation of the crossover between healing, the intuitive direction and guidance, as well as personal training and weight loss just came into fruition five or six years ago. And to be quite honest with you, I had this epiphany about a year ago and I swore that maybe I had it wrong, that I heard Jesus' voice in my head. And I, I didn't tell anyone again, I said nothing, but I will say that, um, you know, this is authentic information. And every, I give soul sessions also for spiritual purposes, but also weight loss because I'm, you know, I'll be the first to say that the way we handle weight loss currently in today's structure is inappropriate. It's ineffective. What we really need to do is connect with our souls and feel our, our father in heaven working through our souls. But this is going to be a huge paradigm shift in the future. I hope to have a book I'm writing now published soon to explain that process, how you go from scientific research and background, which as you know, and I'm sure you've understood yourself, the entire weight loss and fitness industry is focused on, unless it's scientifically proven, unless there's research, unless there's a study done every three months about this thing, then it's not valid. 
And, uh, and what I found out was that that's actually wrong. It's, it's erroneous because we have consistently been trying to get people to lose weight with man-made material, scientific mm. research, yet we're humans with souls. Right. And that's so, the thing that needs addressing. So, Nicole, what do you think is one of the biggest issues with the weight loss programs we have today? We're coming out of New Year's right now. And one of the biggest, probably the biggest New Year's resolution is to lose weight. So what's the problem with the weight loss? Play? What's, pro- what's wrong with Jenny Craig? You know? <laughs> so I and I have nothing against any of these people, weight loss products and services. I do believe they have a place in the picture. What I have personally found, and I could have been possibly the biggest advocate for, you know, keto diets and Atkins and, you know, Pritikin and and HIT programs and coaching people in a way that would get them not only to lose weight, but be a part of, you know, the fitness contests and marathons. And I I was all for it. Let me tell you, I I was on board 100%. But when... After 30 years, you start to see the same problem over and over and over again. These people will lose 30 pounds with me, get off blood pressure medication, get off high diabetes medication, be thrilled at the results, and come back to me two years later saying, I gained all of it back plus 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's how, that's how is, they stay in business. That's, what, that's their whole key to it. You know what I'm saying? They get exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. But here's the thing. I'm not interested in that kind of business. You know, our father in heaven says, no one, I had never intended anyone to ever, ever, ever have a problem with weight gain. That was never my intention. So why, if we have all these thousands of ways to lose weight, are we still gaining weight and regaining it worse? Because McDonald's tastes good. That's why. (laughs) Well, all... All of this, like you said, is built around, you know, gyms have to sell their protein powders and their supplements and they have to keep you coming back. They're not guaranteeing you're going to keep it off forever. They're saying, we'll give you all you need to keep it off for now. Do you remember all of those infomercials would have like the ab crunch, the ab roller? My sister bought it, all that junk. It was, it was a new one every every week on TV. There was like an infomercial about some way to lose weight or get your abs in shape or Whatever it is. Yeah. And I do and I do know, not to be stereotypical, like, you know, pointing fingers across the country, but I do know there are some places in the country where obesity is more, let's say, more prevalent than here in SoCal, I should say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. I agree. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, I was wondering ahead. I was wondering if location has anything to do with it, too, you know? It does and it doesn't. So what I have found through my own kind of mini study but also in with respect to all the things that we had tried to lose weight, you know, changing your diet, cutting carbs out, adding carbs in, cutting eggs out, adding eggs in, doing this exercise. Like I said, that exercise, we can work the body any way we need or want to with simple weights for resistance or tubing. We don't necessarily need the, you know, ab crunch, the ab roller. They, they help facilitate a certain posture or form that helps to work that particular muscle. But the real reason why we're gaining weight has nothing to do with how we work out or, well, it does have to do with how we eat. But why do we eat that way? And this is the, the point I got to after studying all these things 
And literally, so, you know, you get down to metabolism. And I studied with Dr. Brian Walsh. And I studied with another metabolics doctor in Rhinebeck, New York. And I came to the conclusion that A, they can't even solve your metabolics issues. And B, who can? Who can do this? What it boils down to is that your limbic brain is always, and amygdala, are always under stress. In our environment today, there's not one person I know that gets up in the morning sound free. You've got traffic going by. You've got your own alarm clock. You've got the dishwasher running. You've got kids screaming in the background. Oh, I know maybe, the kids maybe. one. Yeah, we know that one well, yeah. too, way too well. Yeah. yeah. So what we don't understand is how that all acts on the amygdala and the limbic brain. It starts to make it malfunction. In other words, it starts sending out signals, neurochemistry sig signals and hormonal, hormonal signals that say, we need to hold on to this weight. So not only do you have the stressors of your everyday environment today, but you're also working with a lot of people who suffer from some trauma or abuse as children. Now, when I say abuse, it can run the gamut. You could be a very, very sensitive, empathetic child and not understand your father yelling at you to pick up your garbage in your room. It turns into a limbic brain issue that's responding to stress in your environment. Some of those are so deeply embedded that many people, as they age, they don't know how to resolve abuse, trauma, even, even the issues of stress in college for some people could have negatively affected their limbic brain such that it is now acting out at age 40, 50, 60, etc. So it's not, it doesn't have anything to do so much with what you eat or how you exercise. We have to ask why we're eating this way. And it's not just about the emotions, although that helps you understand why you're eating that way. It's because of what you simply cannot get balanced in the limbic brain and the amygdala due to the fact that you have not connected with your soul. And this is where I go back to the soul. Fantastic. We have a, yeah, we have a soul in every part of our body, including the brain, especially the limbic brain. That's a part of our soul that's, in, in essence, in charge of our protection. So if there's any threat, any threat, any memory of a threat to our protection, it's automatically going to start to fire off the wrong neurochemistry and mess up the metabolic chemistry for you to be able to burn fat effectively. That's the fact. That's the truth. And that's the moment that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said to me, when he started talking to me, forget about the science because this is more important. You need to connect with your soul. And the moment I started praying with my clients and meditating with them about how God can take all that away, all that hurt, all that pain, all that suffering, he can take all that away and rebalance your neurochemistry on its own. Imagine grabbing healthy foods because you want to now, not out of stress, because you want to. You're not interested in the sugars. You're not interested in bread. You want that carrot now. Imagine craving physical activity. Imagine loving what you're doing now because now you're doing things that feed your soul instead of your body. You're doing things like hobbies you couldn't have possibly imagined doing, but you remember loving at 10 years old or 12 years old or 14 years old. You know, when you're a little kid and it's all free flowing, you're taking art classes and going to soccer games and enjoying, you know, whatever hobbies, violin, you know, 
all of a sudden the limbic brain is starting to get the message in the soul of the limbic brain. I am being heard. There are seven things we all need. We all need to feel safe. We all need to feel intimately loved and connected. We all need to feel a level of confidence. We all need to feel ultimate compassion. We need to feel heard and we need to be inspired and we need to have our inspiration and divine connection well in place for any of this to happen. But none of the fitness industry or weight loss industry is looking at that. No one cares about that. They just care about selling their products, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. And it just keeps people in that cycle of, you know, buying one product and it not working and buying another product and it not working and just repeat customers versus focusing on the individual success. And, you know, from having that experience myself and growing up in a house of sisters, you know, we're always, they, we were always trying to find like the magic bullet solution and, you know, going through these types of programs where you go once a week and you get weighed and you have almost like a support group, but they're temporary fixes. Cause they really don't get to, like you were saying like that deeper trauma that you've experienced or some of those barriers that are keeping in the way of you actually adjusting your mindset to have those healthy habits. Exactly. And I, I've said this before, I have a, a talk about it that I hope to give at a TEDx talk soon, is that, you know, weight loss, it does happen in the brain, but it's not about mindset. It's about your neurological functioning. And then the, then the question is like, well, how do you change neurological chemistry? You know, like, how do you change that neurochemistry? How do you make your hormones balance magically? And that is something that no trainer, I can vouch for it because I have like 18 different certifications. I, I mean, I'm going to bore you with the list, but no trainer is taught how to balance neurochemistry. They're taught how to help you eat better for better nutrition. They're taught how to burn calories through your cardio or you know, muscle strength training workout. I just wrote an article today for a, a magazine about the balance of cardiovascular exercise and strength training and how that can help you lose weight. But I still said at the end, I said, you know, you could do all that, but wouldn't it be nice to have it happen naturally anyway? You know, just, and use that, those workouts when you need it, maybe twice a week instead of five days a week, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I agree. It's just, a, it's a vicious cycle. And I just, I want to stop the vicious cycle. I want to introduce this new different paradigm of thinking of ourselves as something other than, you know, to be poked, prodded, you know, pushed around, beat up, ingesting all these things that are going to make you want the wrong foods at the end of the day. Anyway, I want to stop that. It, it, I need to stop the weight loss roller coaster and thank our father in heaven. He's answering my prayers by giving me this information. I didn't get that information before I had that transmission. It was at that transmission I realized I have to take a deeper look at this. So Nicole, what's going to suit that? Sorry, go ahead. Talking about as we come out of the New Year's, I mean, everybody really indulges through the holidays. I mean, we, I mean, we're all guilty of that for the most part, I would say. And everyone says, oh, this year, you know, January, I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to do a diet. I'm going to do all the great things. And then what is it, like 80% of people like give up on their New Year's resolution by February? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's an interesting statistic, isn't it? Yes. What I causes do find... that, you think? What we, I mean, obviously, I would say just because it's, you realize it's harder than you think. 
And then you're like, yeah, I'm too lazy to, you know, it's just what it is. Okay, what it is. So, so a couple of things are happening to people's brains. Again, you know, they're charging into a workout at, you know, six o'clock in the morning or something that their body's not used to. People don't respect and they don't appreciate what is considered to be gradual progress and a timeline that's longer than two or three weeks or months. You know, they, they want to dive in. They want fast and easy. Those are the words everywhere, fast and easy. But the reality is fast and easy just terrifies your limbic brain. <laughs> fast and easy is the worst thing you can do. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this fast. Great, do a fast. But then, you know, be kinder to your body and gradually work yourself out of sugar entirely while you go back, when you come off the fast. You know, it's like when you go back to eating normally, let's do things slowly. I'm also a behavior specialist for, for the National Academy of Sports Medicine. I've been certified in behavior specialism, behavior change specialist. And the implication that you can make small, gradual, progressive changes over time only works for like half the people I've ever worked with. And it's because you're terrifying your body with other Everything that we do to change anything, your limbic brain is automatically going to revert back to old habits because they're safer. They keep your body fat percentage where it's safer perceptively for the limbic brain. But you're also fighting food addictions, food addictions and maybe alcohol addictions, addictions to sugar. So we have to deal with those things first in the limbic brain, one thing at a time. That's why I created these meditations for weight loss because it's addressing one emotion at a time. Every emotion that you aren't basically getting any love from. In other words, if you don't feel happy, you're probably going to crave a lot of sugar. If you don't feel recognized, you're, you're going to crave, crave a lot of chocolates and sugar. If you're feeling lackluster, not enough energy, you might be craving more, more and more carbohydrates, also less secure. Or if you're feeling less self-esteem, you're going to crave carbohydrates. If you're looking for more of an emotional, con emotional connection, more intimacy, you're going to crave salt. So each one of those things has to be addressed differently and more and more in depth in the limbic brain. That's why I created these weight loss meditations to address anger, fear, and depression, because those are the top three emotions that can predict weight gain. So, Nicole, this is very intriguing to me. I never thought that certain emotions were connected to the body responding to crave certain types of foods. So, like, let's dig into that just a little bit. Can you tell us more of why an individual that's you were, let's talk about the intimacy one, because I'd never thought of like intimacy and salt. What is it that's the connection yeah. between those two? I mean, other than me getting salty with Chris, you know. I'm here, yeah, I am. <laughs> but and it, it's um, not necessarily just physical intimacy, right? Is it emotional intimacy also? Just craving some type of connection? People crave salt? Yes, yes. Weird. And this is why. Because, yeah, what we're looking to do is to increase oxytocin, okay? And oxytocin is the cuddle neurochemical in the, in the brain that you feel every time you are very intimate with someone or, you know, you're getting a hug or you're holding hands, that sort of thing. When you're not getting that, your nervous system needs to be cuddled. It needs to be protected. 
So why not draw more water into the body to help you protect your nervous system? Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, now that you're saying this, I think about, because Chris works nights and I'm home alone and sometimes I'll be sitting and watching like a Hallmark Channel movie and it's like the, you know, especially at Christmas time, it's like the romance movies and I'm missing him. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what sounds really good right now is popcorn. And yeah. I'll like get popcorn and put a little bit of salt. Is that why popcorn is really popular to eat during a movie? Is that why? Yeah. Yes. Also, popcorn has a slightly addictive quality to it. Yep. And <laughs> so, you know, it's the crunch, it's the salt, it's, you know, all of that wrapped into a neat little container that's going to fill your stomach and make you feel happy. It, it may even it does um, <laughs> serotonins in your brain. Serotonins are responsible for making us feel more soothed, more relaxed, more comfortable with who we are. So serotonin is indicative of, you know, bringing those soothing feelings as popcorn, turkey, and everything else that you eat and ingest to boost serotonin and oxytocin in your system so that you can feel, whether you're truly intimate or not, feel comforted by whatever you're eating and safe doing so. So let's talk about carbs because I feel like when we hear there used to be the Atkins diet and the people are doing keto and they're restricting from carbs. And then once they go off of those plans, they go the opposite where it's overindulging. So what what chemical or what emotion are carbohydrates trying to mimic? So carbohydrates in general, you have to also remember their, their roots are in sugar. Everything's basically rooted in sugar unless it's salt. But carbohydrates in general will be indicative of someone who's trying to protect themselves from some issue going on in their limbic brain. And it could be a past memory or it could be a current issue going on forthrightously right now. And in other words, you're fighting traffic or you've gotten a fight with your boss. You may want to crave a donut or bagels or a good go-to or a muffin first thing in the morning to get you through your morning. It's your, it's your system's way of protecting you and providing a couple more calories to build more fat to protect you. You know, in essence, again, I go back to how, how do you feel? Do you feel threatened when you try to communicate? Do you feel threatened when you try to feel more loving towards someone? Do you feel threatened trying to establish your self-esteem? All of those things could lead to an addiction to carbohydrate. Now, I will say that Honestly, even in my own lifestyle, taking advice and guidance from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, about diet, um, I've eaten more bread in the last, I want to say, year when I started literally listening to him and his advice and guidance was eat more fish and salad and bread than anything. And you'll lo- I lost 20 pounds. Wow. My Look body, at you. My- my body fat percentage went from 24% to 16%. I used to weigh 140. I now weigh 120. Look so, at you, killing it. But this is, this is what I'm saying. I am also deeply, deeply connected with my soul's purpose. I don't feel lack there. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. You know, I get direction and guidance from our Father in heaven and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and they're blessing me daily. You know, that's what I'm talking about, feeling that connectedness, that blessing, the ability to say, I really seriously don't want this sugar. I don't want this wine. I don't want this carbohydrate because I'm full. Mm -hmm. I'm fulfilled. I have everything I need in me. 
And even if I am alone for a time, I know that I still feel my soul's worth here and that I'm fulfilled with that. So yeah, I'm, you know, I, I used to be a big carb avoider as well. Only my bigger issue, I, it, and this is a lot of, I think, across the board, United States-wise, meat fats, just as a side note, meat fats, pork and beef, even turkey and chicken, they not only have negating their, the fat in their meat prevents us from fully accepting nutrition from other sources into our system. So that's the first problem. The second problem, many of them were killed violently. So we're ingesting all that energy of violence in our minds, bodies, souls, and spirits. Meanwhile, you know, fish swim randomly into nets. They're not beheaded. They're not tortured. They're not prodded and poked with, you know, electric equipment. But what about so, the ones you catch, you catch with the fish and hook? You get the hook and the hook. The poor fish's mouth. You got the hook stuck in the mouth. And <laughs> If you're doing that, if you're doing that, though, but usually the fish we consume are caught in nets and cages. Mm. Right. That's, you know, I never thought of that perspective about that energy being ingested. And is that why so many people become vegetarians and vegans? I I believe it has a lot to do with it. I, I also think that there are just a lot of very, very compassionate and empathetic people that just simply don't want to see animals suffer ever or increase the need for that. You know, there was a time that, you know, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ described to me you know, Nicole, when we had meat, it was as an offering. It was like a special big deal event. We had once, maybe once or twice a year to give blessings and grace to God. It wasn't a daily event. It never was. It never had been. So, you know, not to say that we're wandering around the, you know, the deserts of Israel or anything anymore, but to take a note, you know, our limbic brain is thousands of years old. And it's still functioning as though it were, you know, living back then. And we're expecting it to function like we want it to now. So we can't, we can't change the limbic brain. We can change how we think about weight loss, but we're never going to change how the limbic brain responds to stress of any kind. Right. Or, you know, overindulgence of any kind. So for that individual that's listening right now, let's just take the you know mom or dad that's feeling overwhelmed with work and they're already tired and it's barely the beginning of 2023 and they have these goals of you know wanting to be the healthiest version of themselves but just kind of feel a little bit hopeless what is your message for that listener right now Nicole so i go back to you know the primary focus and a lot of studies have been done about how stress affects your health and well-being. We all know this. We all know as parents also that if we are stressed, our children know it too. So we need to really pay attention to what is causing us stress. I wrote an article recently about how, you know, we take a lot of this random noise for granted. We take a lot of things for granted that, you know, like I said, the traffic and, you know, construction equipment outside your, your window or what have you. We take that for granted, but it adds up to a bigger stress conundrum in, in the long run, especially when we're not considering how we're feeling moment by moment. If you took a journal and you just wrote down, you know, sitting at breakfast, 
and I'm really bummed because it's raining. You know, and then 15 minutes later, uh, I'm so depressed. I have to go to a job I hate. And then you get to your job that you hate. You see what I'm saying? Like it all builds Mm -hmm. up one after the other after the other. You really have to sit quietly. And if you are faithful and you believe in God, sit quietly and listen and say, where do I knock out the stress most? Where can I eliminate stress the most in my life? And how can I do it without disrupting my income or my family's lifestyle? Or maybe my family's lifestyle needs to change. Maybe we shouldn't be eating dinner at nine o'clock at night. You know, maybe we should be preparing our meals more healthfully all together as a family so that we can eat together by six o'clock, you know, or seven or whatever. That'd be the so dream. It, yeah. It nice bowl of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it takes a little, but it just takes introspection. The first step is acknowledging I have a lot of stress. I don't know how to handle it, but I'm going to start being more aware of it and acknowledging where I'm more stressful. I also used to do for Lifetime Athletic, I used to do cortisol tests or, you know, take cortisol samples and ship them out. But the problem is, even with that, let's say, you know, your cortisol spikes up at 8 a.m. and you're on your way to work. How do you, how do you detox? How do you de-stress from that moment? What, what can you use in the moment? So what I found worked for my clients was prayer and meditation. What can you use that isn't ingested, that you, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you, you don't eat? What is it that you can use? Meant for many people, it is sound. So hearing someone's voice, I was just listening to classical music yesterday I was, as I was drawing my nude. And, uh, and I was finding it was so therapeutic to just sit and do that. So maybe you can't do that. Maybe you can listen to a little meditation piece or classical music in your car. You know, what can you do? And how often can you do it throughout your day to help release the internal? I had a client I just worked with the day before yesterday on the weekend, and she was suffering from high blood pressure, overweight, obese. And and I've been monitoring her blood pressure and her pulse for the last month and a half. And she got online with me, FaceTime. She got right on the elliptical, started pedaling away. And I said, okay, you know, your, her starting heart rate was like 97. And within two minutes, it had shot up to 128. And the day before, she said she was spiking at like 155, 160 on a walk. I said, okay, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ wants you to get off that elliptical, sit down, and we're going to have a soul session. I gave her a soul session. And within the hour, we had finished figured out exactly what her internal pressure point was. And it was a traumatic event experience that she had had as a child, had no one to talk to about it, couldn't figure out how to get the intimacy, couldn't figure out how to get the self-confidence or the self-worth that she needed to be in a decent relationship that could give her what she wanted as a child. And we got her blood pressure down from 178 or over 98 down to, I think it's, it was 130 or 136 over 70 or something. Wow. It dropped dramatically. But this is what I'm saying. We're not paying attention to those cues. We're not paying attention to the things we know have been a problem since we were kids. Maybe even at birth. We don't know. Right. Um, we, we have to pay attention. That's the first step. The second step is to find out what your internal pressure point is 
and how to best soothe it is the, the third step. Prayer and meditation has always worked for my clients. Average weight loss between one and a half pounds to three pounds a week. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. And that's without specific diet or exercise. That's now the way I function. I, I used to have a five-part assessment. I don't even have that anymore. What I do now is I give these people soul sessions, mind-body readings, medical intuitive readings, and then I have them start on a specific program. Like you take any pill, a prescription for a spe specific program for meditation and prayer. They do that two or three weeks before I even think about putting them on an exercise program. You know why? Or a diet, a special diet, because the brain's not ready. Mm. It's freaking out. There's something else wrong. I'm not going to introduce a whole bunch of new change to the brain when we know you're already suffering. Yeah, that's really sage wisdom right there. And so as you're talking about, you know, having this meeting with this client and that meeting with that client, and I see that you're a personal trainer, are these all in person to where people have to be present with you physically for you to be able to support them? Or are you able to have these training sessions and these soul sessions virtually so that any of our listeners from around the world would be able to connect with you? Absolutely, virtually. I used to have my own studio in Ridgefield, Connecticut for two years. Just And then just as COVID hit, I had to close. There's nothing more freeing than doing these sessions online now. It's been an awesome revelation for me. And I, you know, you know, people have asked me, oh, can you give me a soul session without me being there? I can read people's bodies without them being there, but I need to give the soul session either in a FaceTime or a Zoom call or something like to that effect, because it's important for me to gaze into their souls as we're praying, as we're meditating, as we're working through the soul's issues. But yes, it's all virtual now. That's amazing. That's such a, a treasure that so many people I think would appreciate because I know from, you know, going through many different cycles of trying to lose weight and get healthy that sometimes going to the gym, especially right after the first of the year when they're so crowded. Yeah, go find look fucking parking. Right. But it can be so intimidating to individuals that are already feeling shame or have experienced past trauma that they're not yet comfortable in their own skin and are just trying to figure out the quick fix or you know, whatever they can. And so I see how this could be incredibly beneficial for our listeners to be able to know that this is something that's available to them. So with that being said, Nicole, where can our listeners find out more about you and connect with you to see if retaining your services would be of benefit to them? Absolutely. You just hit the nail on the head. I see it every day. Poor girls. I try to I try to really coax them along and tell them what a great job. I saw them working out. They looked great. They were doing a great job. And then they never show up. It, it mm -hmm. is true. It's horrible. You can always reach me at truthofyou.org. That's my new website. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. I, I think I'm everywhere. LinkedIn uh, at Nicole's True You, N-I-C-O-L-E-S-T-R-U, and then another U to abbreviate you. But yeah, I... I can be reached there. In fact, if your audience would like a few freebies, do you want Ooh. me to tell you about that? <laughs> yeah, they love freebies. <laughs> so um, 
to address a lot of the stressors that people had had over the holidays. And now you can listen to this meditation at any time, but it's peace at Christmas time and throughout the year, how to listen to meditations so that they help you get into that peaceful, happy, blissful state and, and enjoy the holiday. Now it's wrapped up but the rest of your life. You know, basically it's a freebie. You can download it from my shop page. I'm also offering you three, three of your listeners out there, three free soul sessions about, they're about 40, 50 minutes long, let's just say. And out of that, if they choose to continue based on the information I give them, that's up to them. But there's also those weight loss meditations that I have online are available transform fear, transform depression, and and transform anger for weight loss. I also have a healing meditation and one for getting rid of negative thoughts in general. It's just going to obliterate. Oh, yeah. Negative thoughts. Yeah. Chris, that sounds like something that you might like. I know that you have told me that like when you get angry, you'll get these negative thoughts in your head and you like to have quiet time and meditate. Would something like that be helpful for you? Sure. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it it sounds like it's- it, it just sounds like it's a, such a valuable resource for our listeners to be able to take advantage of and to connect with you instead of, you know, just hearing you here and jumping out in faith, you know, being able to have one of those freebie sessions is an amazing opportunity. Yeah, I, it's been very helpful for a lot of people. I've done a few podcasts in the past, if you hadn't noticed, but, you know, it's been very helpful for a lot of people and they not only find, you know, a path towards their weight loss goals, but they also find their soul, you know, they reconnect with their souls. And that's even more important than just getting fit or losing weight. It's precious to me. And I I can't wait to help someone in your audience. Well, that is fantastic, Nicole. We just want to say thank you so much for being on the show and for helping educate Chris and I even about our body's cravings and how to read our emotions. I think this has been very helpful and I know it will be for all of our listeners. And so friends, we're going to leave all of the tips on how to get in contact with Nicole in the show notes from today, including the link to her website so that you can take advantage of one of those free sessions. Just make sure when you reach out to her, let her know that you heard her on this podcast. And we just appreciate you being here with us today and taking so much time out of your very busy schedule, Nicole. Thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate being able to tell the full story of weight loss and having your examples and help to illuminate that with your audience is precious to me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Are you in the middle of wedding planning and feeling overwhelmed? There's no need to fret, my friend. Christine Smith Designs is here to rescue you. Offering wedding planning, coordination, and wedding floral design services, Let us help relieve your stress and make your wedding day dreams a reality. Visit us at christinesmithdesigns.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E smithdesigns.com and request a free consultation. You'll be so glad you did. Wow, that was so fantastic to have Nicole on the show today. I found that stuff very fascinating. Me too. I felt that listening to Nicole allowed me to listen in a way that, you know, I I didn't understand necessarily what a medical intuitive was before we started this show, but she described it in a way that helped me to really come to an understanding of her perspective and her experiences. And I feel that sometimes people can listen to individuals that have these really unique giftings 
and you know be very very critical because it's something they've never experienced and what i loved about the way that nicole shared her experience and her um the different scenarios of what she's walked through is that it allowed me to listen and suspend judgment and just kind of immerse myself in her story she i don't know she just has this great tone about her voice that's i don't even know how to describe it it's not like a song, but it's very calming. And I I enjoyed listening to her very much. And so, Nicole, thank you so much for being on the show and also for educating us because I definitely would say that before this episode, I did not know what a medical intuitive was or an intuitive was. And I can now say that I do. Well, there you go. You learn something new every day. The more you know. Absolutely. What's that little thing they the should do? The more you know. With a star. What, star. <laughs> like from, it, what was it, NBC? I think? I think it was NBC. Yeah. yeah. it was their whole little thing. Yeah, you know? definitely. And of course, they made a bunch of memes out of it, though, too. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. the car takes gas. The more you know. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they do that. But so for our listeners that are listening to this episode, if they are interested in learning more about Nicole, are you going to include everything in the show notes for them? Uh, everything I have will go into the show notes today of this episode. Absolutely. And so where can people find out more about us? If you want to find more about the Chris Angerstein show, you can go to the source, which is you come on over to our house. We have invitations. Uh, stop on by, you know, bring us cookies. All right. Goodball. <laughs> Just Where kidding. can they find us? <laughs> you can find us at chrisandchristineshow.com. Absolutely. And that's where we have links to all of the fun facts about us, including links to Christine Smith Designs, Podtastic Audio, the Chris and Christine Show. I think you even have some links on there around podcasting made easy. I mean, we're like, we're an empire here. This even is the we Chris, don't discriminate. It's the Chris and Christine show network. Is mm-hmm. what it is. Don't forget, exactly. don't forget K2 radios on Absolutely. there too. Absolutely. I mean, did you ever think about this when we started not just podcasting, but when we started dating all those many, many years ago that um, after being married for two and a half years, we would have two very successful podcast. You would have a business as a podcast audio engineer and you'd be running a radio show and, you know, with all of the little crumbs left over in your life, uh, you know, showing love to me. <laughs> I love every all of it, by the way. And I, I do appreciate you and I do appreciate your support with my uh, dreams of being audio file ish person that sounds inappropriate we'll call you a podcasting engineer the audio file sounds too much like a different file that we don't want to talk oh, about yeah, right <laughs> definitely hey you know can i tell you something really quick here um speaking of dating love and podcasting i'll bring it full circle here right before i met the love of my life which is you honey before i uh, met you and fell in love and never looked back i was wondering who you're talking to because you're like staring <laughs> off into the corner of the room at the mirror and you're like before i met the love of my life i'm talking to myself as you're looking in the mirror i'm talking to you baby like, <laughs> no you're really not looking at me right now okay try to try it again okay before i met the love of my life christine here i did go on a few dates prior to Christine. And we all know this. And you did not like their voices. And you said, they will never be a future podcast host. <laughs> Kick them to the curve. That was actually on my dating profile. <laughs> Match.com did say Must that. Must have a radio-friendly voice. Can you podcast or not? <laughs> but no, all seriousness, I was actually dating a girl who was really into podcasting. Not like she made a podcast, mm-hmm. but she really was into podcast. Like this she is lo- just your excuse to talk about yet another one of your trysts. Go ahead. 
So she was telling me about podcasting and I, I've heard a podcast. I, I followed a few shows, mostly the radio stations, all I really listened to. And we talked about that a little bit, but then she said how she was paying for podcasts. She was still in the podcast. She actually paid for podcasts. I said, I thought podcasting was free. And she said, no, there's some shows that actually offer more content. If you pay for them, this is probably gosh, five, six years ago. And I was like, no way. But bringing it full circle is that back then I was like, podcasting, whatever. I was kind of like, yeah, I, I gave you into it. Great for you into it. But now that I'm really in, into it, into it, I guess it's different. It's oh, different. now that you think it's cool, now it's cool. <laughs> exactly. You get it, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, these cool cats are going to wrap this up for the evening. And thank you so much for listening. And just remember that if you liked this episode, definitely leave us a five stars and a nice review and download all of our episodes, share them all across the interwebs because it is you that we do this for every single week. Right, right. Chris? That is absolutely right. And with that, we're going to be back with you next next week. week.